Good evening. Welcome to our Lectio Divina. Let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty ever-living God, whom, taught by the Holy Spirit, we dare to call our Father, bring, we pray, to perfection in our hearts the spirit of adoption as your sons and daughters, that we may merit to enter into the inheritance which you have promised. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Name the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this coming Sunday is the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and our Gospel is taken from chapter 14 of Matthew, verses 22 to 23. But before we go to the Gospel, let's see the first reading. The first reading is taken from the historical books. It's the first book of Kings. And you know very well that the first book of Kings, as you see in our like a periodic table, we have 16 books of historical books. And the first book of Kings is here, and there are two books in the book of Kings. And there are 16, because there are other four, which you will not find in other Bibles, the Protestant Bibles. We had Tobit, Judith, first book of Maccabees, and second book of Maccabees, which you will find only in our Catholic Bible. That's the reason why there are 16 historical books. So this coming Sunday, the first reading is taken from the book of Kings, chapter 19, verses 9 and 11 and 13. It's actually about the prophet Elijah. Well, in the Bible, we will not find any book according to the prophet Elijah. Although Elijah was a very important prophet. In fact, many of these uh, historical books is referred to the prophet Elijah. And this coming Sunday, there is this chapter 19 that speaks about the, the experience of Elijah with God. He was in prayer, but he was afraid at that time. Why was he afraid? In order to understand the first reading, we have to go to chapter 18, the previous chapter. And this chapter 18, Elijah challenge the 450 prophets of King Ahab and Jezebel. You know that these 450 prophets were false prophets. They were the one who converted the Israelites or the Jews to worship this god Baal. Baal is the Canaanite god. And this Baal is actually enjoying infant sacrifice. It's an idol. And many of these Israelites were converted to worship this god Baal. And Elijah was there to tell them to introduce once again the true God, the God Yahweh, who delivered them from the Egyptians. And so Elijah challenged the 450 prophets of King Ahab and Jezebel. In order that uh, once he wins the battle between he and the prophets of uh, Jezebel and Ahab, then perhaps the hearts of the Israelites and the Jews will go back to Yahweh and worship Yahweh once again. So the challenge was actually to put up a, an altar and on top of the altar, wood and the bull to be sacrificed. So he challenged the prophets of uh, Jezebel and Ahab to pray for fire that will come down from heaven and to burn the sacrifice, the bull, on the altar. So he said, the God who answers by fire, he is the true God. So he told that in front of the 450 prophets, of course, there were other crowds, the Israelites and the Jews. So they want to witness who is the true God. Is it the God of these uh, Jezebel and Ahab, Baal, or is it God, Yahweh? So it was a real challenge. And 
prophet Elijah said, okay, you begin. And so, the 450 prophets started praying to their god Baal. And they were dancing the whole morning. They were screaming. They were going around the altar. In fact, they were also cutting themselves you know, with knives and blood were, were oozing out. And uh, in order to call the attention of Baal, talaga nagsasasayaw sila, was shouting, Baal, Baal, you know. And uh, raining fire on this bull, you know. They were shouting the whole morning, and then it was noon already, and it was afternoon, wala. Andun pa rin ang sacrifice bull, tuyon-tuyo. Nothing happened. And uh, somehow, itong si Elijah was mocking at the prophets. Hey, call louder. Baka naman hindi naririnig ni Baal. Hindi ba? O baka naman si Baal nagbiyahe. Baka pabalik, hihintayin pa ba natin? Parang ganun, no? O baka naman si Baal busy, di ba? O kaya naman baka natutulog, di ba? Talagang parang, ano, yung bang uh, inaasar ni Elijah, yung mga prophets, yung prophets ni Jezebel and Ahab. So, nothing happened. Nothing happened. And now, is the turn of Elijah to pray. So, what did Elijah told the, the people? Okay? So, they went to the other altar. Because he has another altar where there's the bull also, the wood, etc., etc. And Elijah told them, Come, 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 come closer. Para makita nyo kung gagawin ni God Yahweh. You take four jars of water, sabi niya. So, Yung four jars of water was put in front of him. Now, you pour these four jars of water on the bull. Basain nyo. Huh? Basain nyo ng basain. Huh? And then, after that, um, nabasa na, sabi niya, do it a second time. Oh, diba? So, kumuha na naman sila ng four jars of water. Yung, binuhusan na naman nila ng tubig, no? yung bull to be sacrificed. And then, nung ginawa niya yung second time, sabi niya, do it a third time, you see? So, kumuha naman sila ng four jars of water, binuhusan na naman nila. And then, after that, he prayed to Yahweh. Yahweh, God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Israel, let them know that today you are God. Answer me to win back their hearts. So, that was the prayer, the simple prayer of Elijah and suddenly there was fire from heaven the fire of Yahweh fell and consumed the holocaust or the bull Naubos yung bull pati yun pati nga yun yun yung bato halos naubos sa apoy and uh, the crowds were happy and then so Elijah said, you see, these are the, your false prophets. And so the crowd slaughtered all the prophets, 450 of them. Because that was the rule at that time. The mga false prophets must be killed. And all of them were dead. So, si Elijah was the victor, triumphant. Huh? Yun nga lang, ito naman si Jezebel, no? the wife of King Ahab, was very, very angry with Elijah. Ang huh? pasabi niyang message kay Elijah, I will take your life. I will take your life. Like the life of one of my prophets. You have taken them. So, si, si Elijah natakot. Natakot kay Jezebel. So, ang ginawa niya, tuwakbo siya. Talagang natakot siya. Talagang papatayin daw siya ni Jezebel. So, he went to Mount Horeb. And that is the setting now of our first reading. Elijah now was in Mount Horeb and he entered a cave. And there he was afraid. He was afraid. He was actually praying to God. Eh, practically, he wanted to die already. Take my life, you know. Para bang, uh, ano bang silbi ko? Nanalo ko tapos ito pa. Gusto pa nila akong patayin. And they went back. Many of them, they went back to worship Baal. So, what will I do? I'm already useless. Parang gusto niya sabihin ganun. No? So, he was afraid. And uh, he fled for his life. And he entered that cave. And so, what happened? 
God appeared to him. So this is what we will hear this coming Sunday in the first reading. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came, came the gentle whisper. The tiny whispering sound. And when Elijah heard the tiny whispering sound, Elijah hid his face with his cloak and he stood in front of the cave. And this is what we have seen. He covered his head, his face with a cloak, and he stood in front of the cave because God is there. God appears to him. God is talking to him in a gentle whisper. So beautiful. That God was not just in the earthquake. God was not in the fire. God was in this whispering sound. This tiny whispering sound. And so, that could be a very good reflection already for all of us. And after the fire came the gentle whisper. We can ask ourselves, do we value silence, for example? Because silence we can say, is one of the languages of God. It is through silence that we can hear the voice of God. God speaks in silence. A gentle whisper and silence is also the language of God. And in our modern times, we need that. We need moments of silence, especially in our crisis, in our trying times. We need time for silence, to reflect what is going around, what is happening around us, and not to be, you know, in panic. No. Moments of silence. Perhaps God will talk to you. God will tell you what to do. God will be with you. See, Elijah, he thought that he was alone. No. God was there. And he was there, Emmanuel, God with us. So, in our modern times, remember, don't let the noise of the world keep you from hearing the voice of God. There's so many noise around us. And this noise actually makes us, you know, even depressed. Diba? And you know my noise, na yan, even through cell phones, through computers, through the noise around us, cars, etc., etc. This one, parang kuminsan eh, nakakaloko, di ba? Kuminsan eh, nakakapanik, nakakapraning, di ba? So, perhaps moments of silence will help us, you know, be at peace with God and God will tell you what to do. Let us now read the Gospel. And the Gospel for this coming Sunday, as I've said, is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 to 23. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After he had fed the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowds, after doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. At once Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. 
Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did in homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we are now in the Meditatio. We have finished the Lectio reading. Now we are in the Meditatio. And while we were reading the Gospel, we can ask ourselves, or each one should ask himself, what is the passage or word or words that caught your attention? Uh, or what is it that passage that challenged you or comforted you? I'm sure there are words that comforted us very much. Uh, mga words like, Do not be afraid. It is I. Di ba? Yung mga ganyan. So, I, be- I believe this meditation will also help us appreciate more this gospel. And please remember, this gospel, you will find it also in the gospel of Mark and Matthew. So, there are three gospels where you will find this walking on the water by Jesus. The only difference is this, that Matthew's version is longer than that of John and Mark. Why? Because in Matthew's version, there is three and a half verses dedicated to Peter, which you will not find in the Gospel of Mark and in the Gospel of John. So yung Peter sinking, Peter asking for help, you will not find that in Mark and John. You will only find that in Matthew. Now, what is the connection of this gospel and the gospel of last Sunday? Meron bang connection? Well, I think there is. There's a connection between Jesus walking in the water and the multiplication of the bread. And what's the connection? In these two stories, we find time of distress. Diba? In the multiplication of the bread and the fish last Sunday, we find people who were hungry. Time of distress. Hungry. Hunger. You know, for food. And this coming Sunday, there is this danger of drowning. Or there is this danger of the storm. And so, in front of these two stories, we find this time of distress and the disciples were helpless. Para bang ang disipulo, walang magawa. Nung gutom ang mga tao, anong gagawin natin? Pauwi na nga natin sila. Dismiss them, di ba? Ito naman, ngayon, they were afraid because of the storm. So, here comes now Jesus entering in their life. Many scholars actually put this writing between the year 80 or 90. You know, Matthew somehow has written his uh, gospel mga year 80 and 90. Some, they were putting it even in the late 70s. But uh, tamantama, the writing of Matthew is also the time when Christians were also being persecuted. And most likely, Peter was already crucified. No? When after, after the crucifixion, Matthew wrote his gospel. So the story is a great comfort for the early Christians who were also persecuted by the Jews, by the Sanhedrin. And elsewhere, perhaps Matthew have heard about the persecution that happened in Rome, you know, by Emperor Nero. So this gospel is very, very consoling, comforting, especially for Christians who were being persecuted. Okay, now let's read the verse. Chapter uh, 14, verse 22. So after the multiplication of the loaves and the fish, 
Then Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and to go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the people away. After sending the people away, he went up a hill by himself to pray. When evening came, Jesus was there alone. That's beautiful, you know. It's just, uh, we remember the first reading, Elijah, when he was alone in the cave. So after the multiplication of the loaves and the fish, Jesus ordered the disciples to go to the boat. Pero, you know, when Jesus made his disciples live and journey by themselves, you know, parang ang feeling ko rito eh, yung mga disciples, they were not ready to live yet, you know. Parang there's an implication that the disciples were not willing to leave the scene. Bakit? Ba't kaya? Eh, siyempre naman, katatapos lang ng miracle of the multiplication of the loaves and the fish. Let them enjoy, you know, this, uh, this miracle. And perhaps the people were actually cheering at him, at them, while they were cheering at Jesus. Remember, they were enjoying the reflected glory of being part of this miracle performed by Jesus. And they were enjoying the enthusiasm of the crowds. In other words, para bang may hesitancy rin na umalis sila kagad because may yabang rin naman yan eh. Baba, kasama yata kami ni Jesus, ha? <laughs> we are the close friends of Jesus and Jesus performed this miracle. So, yun yung parang yabang nila, no? And in fact, if you will read the Gospel of John, in the Gospel of John, they wanted to make Jesus a king after the multiplication of the loaves and the fish. So, can you imagine the happiness of those 5,000 men, not counting children and women, to be fed by this person, they wanted him to become the king. Kaya yung mga apostles, yung mga disciples perhaps, aba, maybe we can have a share no, of this kingship. Okay? So, and then, yung setting yan, as we have read or we have heard in the gospel, eh medyo, uh, they were in the, in the sea. No? And perhaps, According to the Gospel of Mark, it is the other side of the lake is Bethsaida. No? Because we have heard in the Gospel of Matthew, the disciples get into the boat and to go ahead of him to the other side. Kay Mark, ang yun other side ay Bethsaida. Ayun, no? Kay Gospel of, uh, the Gospel of Matthew, it did not mention Bethsaida. Pero kay Mark, sabi niya, that's beside that perhaps the boat is somewhere here or there or here uh, but that the other side is Bethsaida so more or less maybe the boat was going that way you know? so gano ba kalaki ang Sea of Galilee <laughs> according to the geography you know? yung Sea of Galilee yan, yung length yan is about 21 kilometers yung width is about 13 Kilometers. Hindi naman siya malaking malaki. Pero 21 kilometers is also, you know, mas, siguro mo, mas malaki pa na Taal Lake yun, no? More or less. So, yung malaki-laki rin ang konti, no? So, that is the Sea of Galilee. And uh, that uh, miracle happened in the Sea of Galilee. And we found Jesus, no? When He sent the disciples to live with the boat, Jesus he went to the mountain to pray. <clears throat> Fleeing to the shelter of the mountains, Jesus took up his habit of praying, as mentioned also by the other evangelists. <clears throat> so, parabang he is like Elijah, who went to the mountain. See, Elijah went to the mountain, Mount Horeb. But here Jesus <clears throat> was not really afraid Unlike Elijah, Elijah was afraid. That's why he went to the mountain. Jesus, he was withdrawing himself to pray. And if you remember last Sunday, he already withdrew himself. It was not said that he prayed, but he wanted to withdraw himself. To withdraw himself because he heard about the death of John the Baptist. <clears throat> and here, we see Jesus literally, explicitly praying. Actually, see Matthew, he only mentioned twice that Jesus was praying. One here, before the 
miracle of walking on the water and the other one is in the garden of Gethsemane. But in the Gospel of Luke, nako, daming beses makita natin si Jesus really praying because he was really emphasizing that Jesus was a man of prayer. But anyway, here is so beautiful that Matthew mentioned that Jesus was praying alone. Praying alone. And this one is already a good reflection for us. While we value silence, no, and I ask that that, in the, that question, do we value silence you know, when we saw the first reading? Do we value silence to pray alone? You see, just like Jesus. And praying alone nowadays is very good, especially when we have many moments of silence, when we have many moments of, you know, nothing to do. Kumisan eh, walang trabaho, o kaya... Walang ginagawa, di ba? Pwede naman yung magdasal ka paminsan-minsan in silence, alone. Yung sinabi natin alone, eh, talagang kuminsan nasa loob ka lang ng kwarto. O kaya yung parang nag-iisa ka lang. No? And it's also good to pray alone. You know why? Because after this, the miracle will happen. In other words, para bang si Jesus was praying, para bang nakikita niya kung ano mangyayari later. He will be able to help the disciples. So continuing, verse 24, And by this time, the boat was far out in the lake, tossed about by the waves because the wind was blowing against it. Far out in the lake. Diba nakita natin? They were going to the other side of the lake, sa Bethsaida. And when they reached far out of the lake, gano'n ba kalayo sila from the shore? Si John, if you read the gospel, ang sabi ni John, mga 5 kilometers away from the shore. Aba, medyo nasa gitna na yun. Because if you see that the width of the Sea of Galilee is 13 kilometers, mga 5 kilometers, halos nasa gitna na sila ng dagat or ng, ng lake or ng sea. So, and then, walang weather forecast noon, di ba? Paano lang malalaman kung meron unos o meron konting bagyo? And uh, nobody was capable of predicting uh, the storms at that time. And so, kung sarabi mga 5 kilometers away, wow, malayo-layo na rin yun. And then, what time? Verse 25, between 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning. Jesus came to the disciples walking on the water. So, 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning, madilim pa yun. Diba? Madilim pa yun. Sa atin nga, gabi pa yun eh. No? And then verse 26, When they saw Him walking on the water, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and screamed with fear. So, this is what happened. Dinalam, may bagyo pala, maliit na bagyo. And then they were ready in the middle of the sea. And then mga 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning, madilim pa yan. And then ito pa, nakakita pa ng parang silang mult, nakakita ng multo. Pero mga nagtatanong, there are some scholars, they are actually questioning whether this is historical or is it baka fiction lang ito. Maybe Jesus was not really walking on the water, baka He was walking on the sandbar. <laughs> Ano yun? Nasa Pilipinas? Ang ganda kayo ng sandbar dito, hindi ba? No? Yung alam mo, nasa, naglalakad ka sa tubig, pero sa ilalim pala, meron sandbar. No? And hindi, wala namang sandbar doon sa the Sea of Galilee. And some people, they say, perhaps this one happened after the resurrection, no? when Jesus Christ is have a resurrected body and perhaps He can walk on the water. No, nothing of that sort. Uh, ang importante dito, eh, is Jesus capable of making a miracle. Yes. And because of this miracle, the lives of the disciples were changed. So, this is enough evidence that this is really true. Uh, hindi yan nag, 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 naglakad lang sa sunbar. No? So, ito pa, maybe we don't know it, but, you know, the Jews, they know that water or the sea, that could be the, the place of the devil, the abode of the demonic forces. If you read the Old Testament, meron yung sinasabi nilang Leviathan. I don't know whether you have heard about this sea monster. In biblical literature, the sea represents the abode, demonic forces, the Leviathan, hostile to God. 
And you will find that in the book of Job, in the book of Psalms, in the book of Isaiah, in the book of Amos, etc., etc. Ano ba itong Leviathan na ito? The Leviathan is actually a sea monster. Di ba? Imagine, siguro, alam, may alam rin sila ng konting ano, superstition, no? baka kala, superstition, o baka naman totoo yun, no? If they have read the, the Old Testament, no? When they go to the synagogue, you know? And they speak about the book of Job, the book of Psalms, no? In fact, in the book of Job, no? We read, can you draw out Leviathan with a fish hook? <laughs> Kaya mo bang hulihin yan? Hindi. Dragon yan, or press down his tongue with a cord? That you will find in the book of Job, chapter 41, verse 1. So, they know that there, there is this parang Leviathan uh, that can destroy ships and boats. Can you imagine, baka meron sa kanila, nag-iisip rin ng ganun, no? Na in the time of storm, you know, and the sea is a place of the devil, they're really afraid of that, no? And in the book of Isaiah, chapter 27, verse 1, In that day, the Lord will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent with his fierce and great mighty sword, even Leviathan, the twisted serpent, and he will kill the dragon who lives in the sea. So it's really true that in the Old Testament, there is this story of sea dragon, but God is more powerful than the sea dragon. So in this situation, the disciples found themselves in a very critical uh, Uh, situation, terrified, and then seeing a a ghost, no? and they were alone. Jesus was not with them. Eh, ewan ko lang, takot ba tayo sa ghost? <laughs> takot ba tayo sa multo? Maraming takot sa multo. Eh, can you imagine yourself in the sea? Medyo bagyo. Tapos biglang meron ka nakakita may naglalakad. No? And then they were helpless. Anong gagawin natin dito, no? In the middle of the sea. Eh, sometimes, natatakot rin tayo sa multo, kung talagang multo yan, no? So, the boat tossed about by the waves has always been interpreted as the symbol of the church who goes with difficulty nav- navigating the sea of the world. So, itong boat na ito, many writers, especially the fathers of the church and some saints, they see this as a symbol of the church. Tossed by the wind, navigating the sea in the storm. At the time of the writing, remember, when Matthew was writing this gospel, it was the time of persecution, a storm of persecution. So, Matthew's church somehow was experiencing this storm. And the story of the disciples on the sea mirrors the situation of the church in Matthew's time. In fact, St. Augustine said that the sheep that carries the disciples, that is the church. So it was a common experience of the church during the first century and in many parts of the world, even today, that we experience this persecution continues to be our experience. And uh, St. Augustine really said that the sheep is the sheep tossed by the tempest of the temptation and the wind is the the devil that does not rest but remember he is greater than all this through his intercession yan ang sinabi ni Saint Augustine so it's a very beautiful uh, image of a church that is being persecuted even in modern times in verse 27 Jesus spoke to them at once courage he said it is I Don't be afraid. Then out of the wind and wave and terror comes a comforting voice, courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Uh, and the disciples need that courage. The source of courage is Jesus. Have confidence and trust in the protection of the Lord. And here, we can already reflect, contemplate on that just that word. Take Courage. We have seen already Jesus praying alone. Diba? And then, in the prophet Elijah, whispering sound. That's the voice of Jesus. Perhaps 
Even Jesus is whispering to us, take courage. You know? In other translation, it's, it is translated as, cheer up. You know? Cheer up. Be happy. Take courage. And then, that's accompanied by a very, very beautiful verse. Ego Amy. It is I. I am Ego Amy. And Ego Amy is translated as I am also. It is I. And if you remember in the Old Testament, there is the I am. Uh, the I am of the, during the burning bush. Uh, the Aye Asher Aye. I am who I am. You remember when Moses asked God his name. What? What is your name so that I can give a name to the Israelites if they ask me what God is sending you to us? And God said, I am who I am. And in, the, in Greek is ego eimi, I am. It is I. So while there was that storm there in the sea, the I am is very powerful. Take courage. I am. It is I. It is an affirmative expression used in the Old Testament by which God is recognized. I am. That's my name. And through the words, I am, it is I, Jesus identifies himself with the saving power of God himself. Uh, Jesus, didn't mean sinasabi explicitly na I am God. No, but when he used that I am, it means that he has that power of God to save. Take courage. It is I. I am. Ego Amy. And not only that, it is accompanied by another powerful verse. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Wow, that's uh, very consoling for us, even in our pandemic situation. Do not be afraid. It is I. Take courage. They say that uh, the phrase, do not be afraid, is found in the Bible around 365 times. That's a daily reminder from God to live every day being fearless. Well, actually, if you read the whole Bible, I don't think it will reach 365 times when you will read, do not be afraid. Uh, yung mga Bible scholars, they found that it's not really 365 times or even more. It's less. No? Baka mga ano lang, 200 plus or even 100 plus, no? whatever. That's sa akin, is enough one verse, be not afraid, from Jesus, that should assure us already that Jesus is with us, and we should not be afraid. And very beautiful in the, in the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 43, Do not be afraid, I am with you. So beautiful. Ito pa lang, if you remember this verse, from the book of the prophet Isaiah, okay na okay na yan as our motto, no? do not be afraid, I am with you. Because in the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 1, sinasabi rin, do not be afraid, I have called you by name, you are mine. And then, verse 5, do not be afraid, I am with you. So, tamang-tama ito sa, sa time ni Matthew when some Christians were being persecuted. Take courage. It is I. I am. Do not be afraid. Verse 28, Then Peter spoke up, Lord, if it is really you, sabi mo, it is I. Eh, Lord, if it is really you, order me to come out on the water to you. Ah, galing ni Peter, eh, no? Alam mo si Peter, mangingisda yan eh. Ah, siguro alam naman niya na pag uh, hindi siya nakapaglakad sa tubig eh, kaya naman niya sigurong lumangoy, hindi ba? Hmm, tignan nga natin. In the Gospel of Matthew, Peter is always the spokesperson of the disciples. Kaya dito, bida si Pedro. Ah, and he is the first to respond. Ah, Lord, if it is you, order me to come out on the water to you. And Peter, dito makita natin, he is divided between doubt, fear, and faith. Lord, if it is you, ayan, may doubt na siya, di ba? Medyo takot rin siya. Imagine seeing a ghost. Ikaw nga ba yan? Lord, 
Ah. Ayaw ako, nagpakita na sa inyo yung nung namatay yung nanay niyo, di ba? <laughs> tapos nagpakita sa inyo, o kaya namatay yung tatay niyo, tapos nagpakita sa inyo. Siyempre, kung nagpakita sa inyo, tatang, ikaw ba yung tatay? Ikaw ba yung ma? <laughs> di ba? Kung ikaw yung nanay, yung tatay mo, eh siguro hindi ka masyadong matatakot kahit na multo yan, di ba? Ito rin ganun, no Lord. If it is you, ah, okay. Lord. So meron pang konting faith yan. Because the Lord is calling the sovereign authority of Jesus. Ah, if you remember in the Old Testament, Lord Adonai. Ah, itong New Testament, because it is Greek, ah, kurios, kurie. Uh, so, Lord. Para bang meron divine authority dito? Lord. Okay? So, may konting faith naman si Peter. Yun nga lang, halo ng, ng doubt and fear. Imagine, a ghost on the water. Talaga naman nakakatakot, di ba? Because kung meron serpent yan, si dragon, nakakatakot na. Gabi, madilim, in the middle of the, of the sea, with a little storm, and then walking God can walk on the water yes but they have never seen a man walking on the water they didn't know that Jesus is also God they think that he was just a man imagine a man walking on the water wow mas lalo nakakatakot yan no? so in verse 29 sabi ni Lord come answered Jesus so Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water to Jesus. But, in verse 30, when he noticed the strong wind, he was afraid and started to sink down in the water. Save me, Lord! He cried. Now, here, there's another very beautiful word that we can reflect. Come. If you remember, last Sunday, we have reflected on that already. The word, come. is a strong invitation to us to journey with Jesus in the storm, come. And come refers to our definitive vocation. Come. Jesus calls us to walk like Him and with Him. Unfortunately, uh, when we walk with Jesus, sometimes the wind and the waves made us waver. Uh, tatlong W yan. The wind and the waves made us waver. Uh, if you remember the parable of the sower in the 15th Sunday, you remember the parable of the sower when there's some seed fell on rocky ground, diba? And what does the explanation? What's the explanation there? The seed that fell on patches of rock did not grow because the soil was very little and there was no root actually. And so it did not last because of the trials and persecutions, you see. So, may mga Christians, okay, they follow Jesus for quite some, some time. And uh, they stop. Why? Because may trials, may persecutions. Also here, when the storms of our life would come, sometimes we forget God. And this is a moment for you to come, pray alone, enjoy the silence, and perhaps God will whisper to you, take courage. Do not be afraid. It is I. But for Peter, the fear was too much that he doubted. He really doubted. And so he began to sing and scream, Save me, Lord! Nakakatawa ito eh. Kala ko ba, mangingisda ka? Dapat marunong kang uh, lumangoy eh, no? Save me, Lord! And this cry, a cry echoed perhaps by many Christians all down the ages who have felt that the world was ready to crush them. How many times you're able to, to shout or to pray, Save me, Lord. And in verse 31, At once Jesus reached out and grabbed hold of him and said, What little faith you have! Why did you doubt? What little faith you have! Why did you doubt? Do you remember what Jesus said? If you only have a faith as little as the mustard seed, you can order this mountain to move, and it will move. Eh, pag sinabi ni Jesus, how little faith you have, baka yung faith ni, ni Peter, mas maliit pa sa mustard seed. <laughs> eh, yung mustard seed, napakaliit na yun. 
eh halos wala, na ka, wala ka ng faith in other words if you only have a faith as little as the master's seed you can order this mountain to move and it will move eh si Peter how little faith you have mas maliit pa sa master's seed and so you, he sunk and I think it is also significant that here Jesus is found outside of the boat in the middle of the storm in the sea in the world because if you remember in Matthew chapter 8 there is an incident when Jesus was in the boat diba and there was the storm you remember the story lord we are sinking he was uh, sleeping so ginising lang si si Jesus didn't you not care that we are sinking and so he stopped he ordered the storm to stop stop Meron nga nagsabi, stop earthquake, di ba? Ito, stop! Ha? Parang mga Diyos sila, hindi ba? Ito, hindi. Si Jesus has the power and the command and the storm stop, you see? And they were really dumbfounded. Ngayon naman, si Jesus nasa labas ng boat. Yung Matthew 8, Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 to 27, Jesus Christ was in the boat with the disciple. Here, He's outside of the boat. He was really in the storm. And there's something beautiful that Jesus is there even in the storms of your life, even outside your comfort zone. Jesus is there. Jesus is present in the storm of your life. And we have to go out there to meet Him in spite of the dangers and possible setbacks. Kaya nga, it's very beautiful to reflect. Baka naman yung man of little trust, man of little faith, that is also being said to us. Why did you doubt? And how often has Jesus had to say those words to each one of us? Uh, you have little faith. Especially in this pandemic situation, we are tempted no, not to trust, not to believe, to get discouraged. Parabang we are always afraid, fear. And we have forgotten to have faith still in Jesus. Parabang nakalimutan natin, Jesus is greater than any of this virus, in any of these persecutions. Diba? He is actually the vaccine. <laughs> I think He is greater than the vaccine of the COVID-19. If only you trust Him, He could be a very, very powerful vaccine in the storms of our life. So, are we more focused on the storm or are we more focused on Jesus? Are we more focused on our doubts or are we more focused on our faith? Baka naman mas focus ka sa pagdududa mo o talaga nakafocus ka sa pananampalataya mo kay Jesus. In verse 32, and we are almost at the end, they both got into the boat and the wind died down. So here comes Jesus entering the boat. Nasa labas siya, He was in the storm. And here comes Jesus entering the boat. And the disciples in the boat worship Jesus. Truly, you are the Son of God. They exclaim. Truly, you are the Son of God. And this uh, gospel is uh, actually an anticipation of the confessions of faith made by Peter and later on also by the centurion. If you remember in Matthew 16, because we are in Matthew 14. In Matthew 16, he asked the disciples, who the people say that I am? And here comes Peter, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was the same confession of faith that they said to Jesus when they were saved by Jesus in the storm. You are the Son of God. And here comes Peter, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And later on, during the crucifixion, the centurion also at the foot of the cross would say, truly, you are the Son of God. There was peace and calm. And here in Matthew's version, the disciples in the boat understood and believe, and so they worship. This is a very beautiful description of the disciples worshiping Jesus. 
Lord, kurios, ada, Adonai. In Mark's version, hindi mo makikita yung worship na yan eh. In Mark's version, the disciples were dumbfounded after the 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 calming of the storm. They were dumbfounded and parabang their minds were still closed. Here the disciples understood and they worship Jesus. And therefore the story reassures Matthew's church that even in the midst of persecution, they need not fear. Remember the ictus? Huh? You remember last uh, lecture divina? And the ictus is the symbol of Jesus, no? Jesus Christus Theo Uyo Soter. Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. Diba? During the time of persecution, uh, siyempre mga Christians medyo takot, no? So, lalo na kung meron stranger, they don't know kung mga spies yan, eh, mga spia. Uh, because mga spies, they look for Christians so, they, so that they will be persecuted. Uh, mga Romans, mga... Kaya... Kung meron silang nakitang tao na gustong kumausap sa kanila at medyo suspicious yung galaw nila, in order to identify whether that person is a Christian or not, he will he will draw uh, yung one side of the fish doon sa ground. Ganun, no? Shuk. Tapos, yung, yung isang tao, uh, pag Christian yan, gaganon siya. Shuk. So, pag gumanon siya, ibig sabihin, Christian yung kausap niya. So, wala nang fear, di ba? That was during the time of the persecutions. No? So, gaganon siya, ito naman sasagot. Uh, uh, even during war, no, ginawa yan, World War One, World War Two. para malaman mo kung sa kabila, kaaway o hindi, no? meron silang mga clicker or mga sound, no? may mga password, ganyan. Ito, yan parang password nila. Gagawin siya, tapos yun sa sasagot para may fish, no? As I've said, when Matthew was writing his gospel, perhaps it was the time when some of the Christian communities were also being persecuted. And in Rome, there was the persecution by Emperor Nero. Uh, you know, Emperor Nero, the megalomaniac emperor no? who made the Christians uh, lights of his palace. Ginawa sila mga torches. Some of them were crucified. And one of the victims of Emperor Nero was Peter himself. And Peter somehow was already crucified no? before Matthew wrote his gospel. No? So, he was crucified sometime in the year 67 or 68. I see Matthew, he wrote his gospel mga late 70s or 80s no? before the year 90. So, baka alam na niya, no? Narinig na niya yung mga persecutions na ganyan. So, this uh, miracle of Jesus walking on the water and Jesus assuring us, His disciples, no, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Those are comforting words, especially for Christians who were being persecuted. No? Come, you know. And uh, we can ask ourselves, will you trust Him completely, especially in the storms of your life? You know? And see Don Bosco, Don Bosco had a dream, actually. Very much related to this uh, stormy seas, no? where there is the boat of the disciples. Because Don Bosco, on May 30, 1862, he had a dream of the two columns. You know, Don Bosco had around 40 dreams. No? And they are not just ordinary dreams. They are called visions. And one of these dreams is the dream of the two columns. And what is this dream of the two columns? There is the larger ship. That's the ship of the Catholic. And uh, the one leading the ship is the Pope. And then there are the enemies who wanted to, to burn with their cannons and incendiary fire the larger ship. And the larger ship actually will be saved if they reach the two columns here. No? So they try to steer towards those columns so that they will win the battle and the enemies will be destroyed. And so what happened there? The Pope was trying to, to reach the, the two columns. And one of the, the, the Pope died. And immediately when the Pope died, another Pope took replace the, the other Pope. So the Pope, the new Pope steered the ship and safely 
uh, safely reached the, the two columns. And when the ship was tied up to those two columns, the larger ship, the mother ship, was saved from the enemies. And the enemies vanished under the, the waves. So, in these two columns, you'll find the smaller column, the statue of the Immaculate Virgin. And under the, the feet of the Immaculate Virgin is written, Help of Christians. And the higher column, on top of the column, is the Holy Eucharist, the Holy Communion. And so Don Bosco explained this dream, uh, that the enemy ships are the persecutions. So, the larger ship is the Catholic Church. And the persecutions we have seen so far, sabi niya, is almost nothing compared to the persecution that will be coming. And remember, in the 19th century, the Catholic Church is really being persecuted. And Don Bosco was silent about the Pope who died. Madami interpretation dyan. Sino kaya yung namatay na? Santo Papa. And then, immediately, napalitan siya. No? Sabi lang, baka si John Paul I, tapos John Paul II, whatever. Anyway, Don Bosco did not give any interpretation of that. But what is important here, in the persecutions, in the in the storms of our life, we can be saved by these two devotions. Devotion to Holy Communion, to the Holy Eucharist, and devotion to our Blessed Mother under the help of Christians. Help of Christians. The church is like a great ship, according to St. Boniface, being pounded by the waves of life's different stresses. Our duty is not to abandon ship, but to keep her on her course. And remember what St. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, second letter to the Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We can ask ourselves as our final reflection. Just reflect on these words. I think it will give us courage and perseverance. Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Come. And we ask ourselves, when do I hear Jesus telling me, Come, courage, how do I respond to Him? And this one, please remember, Jesus prayed before He went to the storm. Jesus prayed before He went into the storm to help the disciples. So keep on praying. And Jesus perhaps will give you that courage. Prayer moment is very important, especially in our difficult times. Number two, am I walking like Jesus and with Jesus? Am I ready to walk with Jesus outside the boat, outside of my comfort zone, in the storms of my life? Am I afraid? And finally, do I understand Jesus but lack faith in Him? as the disciples in the Gospel of Matthew. Have faith in Jesus. Take courage. And this coming week, let's see how we can practice these very beautiful words of Jesus, this beautiful Gospel. How can I practice it within this week? To be more courageous, to be more persevering, and truly to listen to the word of Jesus. It is I, do not be afraid. Take courage. Let us now pray on the Word of God. Let us pray Psalm 85. I will hear what God proclaims the Lord, for He proclaims peace. Near indeed is His salvation to those who fear Him, glory dwelling in our land. Kindness and truth shall meet, justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the water of the earth, and justice look down from heaven. The Lord Himself will give His benefits. Our land shall yield this increase. Justice shall walk before Him and prepare the way of His steps. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
Thank you and good night. God bless you all.